Realize it's one week to Christmas. Next Sunday, it's Christmas. Are you, are you ready? Do you think in this week that God could reveal himself to you in a new way? I mean, after all, it is Christmas. And Jesus revealed himself to us in the most wonderful way in that very first Christmas. And every Christmas is another opportunity for him to reveal himself to us in a different and a wonderful way. They call this the most wonderful time of the year. You'll hear the song plain that it's the most wonderful time of the year. And in, an, in a very real way, it is a wonderful time of the year. We can stop and pause and we can take a break and spend time with family and friends. My wife, uh, her two sisters have immigrated and the one sister is currently out here visiting with her husband. And it was lovely to be able to spend time with them and to, just to be able to reconnect and to have that wonderful sense of family. It's also a time to celebrate God's faithfulness to us and to humanity, but also to us as individuals. Sometimes we look at Christmas and we think it was God's great plan for humanity, and it was. But it was also God's great plan for you. At an individual level. And it can be a very busy time. It can be very commercialized. And, uh, you know, it can be that you're consumed with all the practicalities. But, you know, my prayer is that in the midst of all that busyness and all the practicalities and all the buying of gifts and all that goes on, that you would have a personal experience with the Christ child, with Jesus Christ himself. That's my desire for you. And so I want to wish you a very blessed Christmas for next week. And I pray that this week will be a, a, special, a special week in the build-up. As I was thinking about Christmas and when you're involved like I am in radio and we do internet work via our ministry Alive to God, we have to think a little bit ahead and so I have to begin already in September or October to be able to, to prepare something for Christmas. And quite frankly, in October, you're not in the mood. <laughs> and when I go to the shops in October and I see them putting up the Christmas decorations, I say, serious? <laughs> and I'm, I'm not really in the mood, but... I started with perhaps the best known scripture, personal favorite of mine from Isaiah 9 and verse 6. And you don't have to turn there because you probably know it out of your head, but let me read it to you. It says, for unto us a child is born, and unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God. The everlasting Father and the Prince of Peace. What a beautiful scripture. But you know what struck me? It was the first three words. For unto us. It's a bit of a prefix to the thoughts that follow. Because the thoughts 
that follow are that a son is given, a child is born, and that he has these wonderful names. And so sometimes we miss those first three, just those first three words, for unto us. Us includes you. Us includes me. And so the first thing I noticed is that Jesus came that first Christmas for us. He came for you. Yes, you weren't born yet, but he came for all of humanity that was born or that was alive at the time and all of humanity that would follow. They say that 10% of all the people ever born are alive at the moment. He came for them. He came for you. And you see, that first Christmas was not something that happened by default. It wasn't a random coming together of events. Uh-uh. It was a God-orchestrated set of circumstances that unfolded according to God's divine plan. That's what it was. It was very specific. It was on purpose. And it was for the benefit of all mankind. And that includes you. And so we see it's that this first Christmas Jesus came for us. For unto us he came. And it's so, it's so real to me now that it's something personal. It's for you. And you might say, but it took place 2,000 years ago. Yes, but we remember it again. Why? So that the miracle can happen again. That the miracle can take place. And I believe that personal realization needs to be renewed. Maybe that's why God designed it, that every year we will remember. Every year we will celebrate. And that's what makes Christmas so wonderful and so powerful, because it was the greatest news for the human race, and nothing has changed. It remains the greatest news for the human race, and it remains the greatest news for you. The angel actually came, when they were coming to the shepherds and they, they, they communicated this. It's in Luke chapter two and verse 10. It says, the angel reassured them, don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. You are part of the all people. And it is great news and it is meant to bring great joy. And as you go into this week, I pray that the great news will stir within you and that there will be great joy within you. That's my prayer for you. So Jesus came that first Christmas for us. But secondly, I see Jesus came that first Christmas to us. We didn't go to him. He came from heaven to us. It says, for unto us. He came to us. It's such a beautiful picture. Because 
Jesus wasn't sent to a planet or a place. He was sent to people, individuals like you. In fact, individuals, and I'm speaking of you, and I'm speaking of me. And the fact is, even today with every Christmas, it's, it's like he, he's sent again. And we can, we can receive again. And we can appreciate the miracle again. And so that's my prayer, that it would be like that for you. And the issue is that God sent Jesus with the full knowledge of the condition and the need of humanity. And today, God sends Jesus to you with the full knowledge of your situation and need. That's the wonderful thing. If we look at the Christmas story, all the different role players had different experiences. When the news came and Jesus was born and all of this happened. They, they had these different experiences. For example, the wise men saw a star. It was something that had fascinated them. And God gave them a star. The shepherds, they really had the best deal. They got to see an angelic choir. Everybody had a different experience. And I wanted to just read to you that experience. This one with the shepherds was quite, un was quite unique. It says, that night some shepherds were in the fields outside the village guarding the flocks of sheep. Now, shepherding is a very basic job. It's, it's not high profile. It's pretty mundane. It's pretty much the same thing every day. But it, it was important for God to reveal himself to them. And you might feel like, well, I'm not much more than, you know, this little shepherd. And I look after my family and I take care of what I need to take care of. But well, God wants to reveal himself to you. It says, suddenly an angel appeared among them, and the landscape shone bright with the glory of the Lord. And they were badly frightened, but the angel assured them, don't be afraid. I bring you the most joyful news ever announced, and it's for everyone. And that everyone is you also. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born tonight in Bethlehem. And then it says, suddenly, the angels, the angel was joined by a vast host of others. In my Bible, it says, the armies of heaven. I mean, for simple, plain shepherds to see an angel is a wonderful thing. But for simple, plain shepherds to see angels and then the armies of heaven. We sing that song about angel armies. I wonder if God doesn't want to reveal some of his angel armies to some of you this week. Praising God. And they're singing glory to God in the highest, they sang. And peace on earth 
for all those who please him. And when the great army of angels, now you must just see, this is not just half a dozen. The great army of angels returned to heaven. The shepherds said to one another, come on, let's go to Bethlehem and see this wonderful thing. You see, the, the wonderful time of the year is linked to the wonderful thing who is the wonderful one who is for unto you. But there were other people. There were two very um, people that weren't well known who were also given the privilege of Jesus being revealed to them. And they are the people in the temple. It was about eight days later that Jesus and his parents went for this, uh, the, the processes that they needed to go to, to the temple. So they arrive at the temple, and you can go and read about it, by the way, in Luke chapter 2 from verse 25. And it says, that day a man named Simeon, now we don't know much about Simeon, he's just an ordinary person who happened to be at the temple. That day, a man named Simeon, a Jerusalem resident, was in the temple. He was a good man, very devout, filled with the Holy Spirit, and constantly expecting the Messiah to come soon. Ah, he lived with anticipation. For the Holy Spirit had revealed to him that he would not die until he had seen him, God's anointed king. The Holy Spirit had impelled him to go to the temple that day. And so when Mary and Joseph arrived to present the baby Jesus to the Lord in obedience with the law, Simeon was there. If you want Christmas to be real, be there. Be present. He was there. And he took the child in his arms. And praised God. Wow, if we could just, in a spiritual sense, just take the child in our arms this week. And then he said, Lord, now I can die content. For I've seen him as you promised me I would. I have seen the Savior of the world that you have given to the world. Us. Maybe there's something he wants you to see this week. But there was another lady. We know a little about her. Her name was Anna, and she was a prophetess. And she was there in the temple that day. Again, if you want Christmas to be real, be present, be there. Don't let it go over your head. Don't miss the moment. And she was very old, for she had been a widow for 84 years. Following seven years of marriage, she never left the temple, but stayed there night and day, worshiping God by praying and often fasting. She came along just as Simeon was talking with Mary and Joseph, and she also began thanking God and telling everyone in Jerusalem who had been waiting for the coming of the Messiah that the Messiah had finally arrived. What a revelation. 
to two obscure people. And I just began to believe God wants to reveal himself to us this Christmas. He wants to reveal himself to us. And that's the thing that to me is so exciting, that the Savior wants to reveal himself to you in a very special and a very individual way this Christmas. He wants to come to you. You see, Mary and Joseph brought this child to Simeon. Jesus was brought to Anna. I believe God wants to bring a new revelation to you, to me. Lord, do that for us. What a, what a wonderful thought. The third thing I see is that the first Christmas brought with it the greatest gift. It goes on in Isaiah 9 and verse 6. For unto us a child is born, and unto us a son is given. Isn't it amazing? That one gift 2,000 years ago, and today the whole world does gifts in celebration of that gift. And in that day, there was no internet, there was no social media, there was no way, but today we give gifts. Why? Because God gave the greatest gift. And so here it says, for unto us a son is given. You don't have to earn it. You don't have to deserve it. You just have to receive it. That's all. It's as simple as that. And then people go to great lengths to choose the perfect gift or the, the ideal gift for their family member. And it's quite stressful. But I want to tell you, God chose the greatest gift for you. He chose the greatest gift for me. And it wasn't stressful because he, he knew what he needed to do. He knew it was the greatest gift. And so he gives the, the greatest gift. And his gift of his son was exactly what we needed. And he remains the perfect gift in our lives. And so I wanted to encourage you that it's God's purpose that you, you receive that gift again. I know we've received it as part of our salvation, but ultimately we can receive the gift afresh. And as I begin to close, I, I just want to say that gifts must be received. It's no good you get a gift and you don't open it, you don't receive it. Years ago, there was a lady in our congregation, a dear lady, been in the congregation for years. I've, I've told the story before, but it bears repeating. And she'd had a disappointment in her relational life as a young lady, and she'd been engaged, and the engagement was broken off. And she never married after that. And years and years later, she passed away and she left her estate to the church. And it was my responsibility to go to her flat and to collect everything and clear everything out and, and make the arrangements and handle the estate. 
And when I got there, we, we collected everything, and there was a built-in cupboard, and on the top of the built-in cupboard, there were like these uh, top cupboards or hatches, whatever you want to call them, and they were locked, and we couldn't find keys anywhere. Eventually, we had to break it open and get it open, and inside this was gifts, wrapped gifts. And we began to take them out and pack them out, and, and then I began to realize that they were wedding gifts. You see, she was engaged to be married, and she had started to receive wedding gifts. And so when the engagement failed and, and, and she didn't get married, I, I suppose she felt disqualified. I suppose she felt she wasn't really entitled to these gifts, and so she, she packed them up there. And she had carried them around and stored them for 60, 65 years. And when I opened the gifts... They were moth-eaten and faded because she felt disqualified to receive the gift. And I can understand that. Maybe today you feel disqualified from receiving the gifts that God has for you. But you see, a gift is not something you earn. It's something you are given and it says here, unto us a son is given. And so I wanted to encourage you. Don't store the gift. Don't wait for another Christmas to open the gift. Open it. Say, God, I open up every gift you give me. Everything that you have prepared for me. I open that up and I receive that gift in my life. Because you know, his gifts are Phenomenal, they're all you need because the scripture goes on and it says his name will be called wonderful. His gifts are wonderful. Counselor, he's the great counselor. The mighty God, the everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. And that's what we need in our lives. And so I'm trusting that as this week rolls on, this very special week that runs up to this Christmas weekend and Christmas itself, that God will reveal himself to you in a special way, perhaps in a way that he hasn't revealed himself before, that you would be open and expectant that he has something of himself to show to you. And what a joy it is. I'm here to remind you that you are valuable and precious to God. And He loves you. And His gifts are exactly what you need. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name as we approach this most wonderful time of the year. And we realize there's nothing wonderful without the wonderful one. And so we say, Lord, we embrace everything you have for us. We receive the gifts that you have for us. 
And we thank you that it was for us and to us that you came, not to the person next door only, but to us, to me. And you came so that we could receive the gift of your precious son, Jesus. And so we pray that this Christmas we will receive a fresh, a new revelation, a new eye-opening that we would have a greater understanding and a greater clarity. And I pray your blessing on your people this week. Lord, may this week not just pass us, but may it be a week that we are aware, that we are sensitive, that we are expectant, that we are reaching out and trusting you, perhaps in specific areas that we are holding on for, but in other areas as well. And so I pray your blessing on your people. I pray, Lord, that you will bless them and keep them. Make your face to shine upon them. Be gracious to them and fill them with the peace that can only come from the Prince of Peace. And that you would give us a wonderful, wonderful Christmas. We ask it in Jesus' precious name. Amen. God bless.